0: Chumba J- ChumbaCasino.com No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: A show where a nerd fits in. The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Toys, movies, comics, and so much more The Riley and Kimmy Show And the more that you listen, the more that you know The Riley and Kimmy Show It's the Riley and Kimmy Show!
0: And welcome to episode 899 Riley and Kimmy show right next to me is, well, a person who keeps me out of trouble all the time.
4: Kimmy! I got one
0: name! Kimmy! Yes, Kimmy's next to me. I hope she's feeling a little bit better. Uh, she's been uh, a real trooper being on the Riley and Kimmy show these past, uh, matter of fact, quite a few days. And we're glad to have you here. It looks like you're all right. It might help if I turn your microphone on, wouldn't it?
5: Yes, that would help. I'm okay.
0: Actually, I should blame Artemis I steal. That's why we have him here. Mm-hmm. And, although I did that this time, not him. A little bit different show here. I thought uh, one of the things we do, because I, I'm not going to try to compete with any uh, other media that is out there. There's news outlets all over the place, and uh, it's no secret or anything we're going to try to run away from what happened in Orlando just recently uh, before episode actually 898 Or during 898, it actually happened when we were recording it or shortly after. And that information of what has occurred in Orlando is available on multiple news outlets. I can suggest in Orlando, if you want to hear what's going on in Orlando itself, some good outlets is WFLA News Talk in Orlando. Also, Cox Media's WDBO. Very good to check out. Uh, We have links to both of those news outlets, those radio stations, right on our website at RileyAndKimmy.com. I'm not endorsing either radio station. They are competing companies, by the way. One's Clear Channel Communications and the other one is Cox Media. Both are doing excellent jobs in coverage. It was interesting to hear uh, the amount of coverage in Orlando before sitting down for $8.99 and uh, very good uh, coverage, meaning uh, people giving out good information and uh, trying to connect people to uh, resources that are available and uh, be sure to check out those links, by the way, to how you can help in Orlando. Those are available on the news outlets I'm talking about, WDBO and also WFLA. Jimmy, I thought uh, we'd uh, try to do a little escapism. I I think that's one of the best things we can do in this situation. We're, We're not trying to compete in any shape, form, and we could not do justice um, by even trying or attempting to do that, mm-hmm. what we can do that we can do best is offer an opportunity for individuals to get away for a little bit if they're they're looking for that as a as a, a way just to chill out and and just to uh, unwind or get away from uh, what has happened in the world. And we are offering something that is family friendly here on the Riley and Kimmy Show. Taking a look at the uh, the almanac, I noticed that somebody who was having a birthday. Uh, this this week i thought we would focus on we would we would highlight because of entertainers of the 20th century he was one who truly was a bright spot somebody who was always positive although he and he's known for his singing being positive and some images around that he did play some very nasty people from time to time and was very good in dramas as well. Now the person I'm talking about is Burl Ives, and you know who that is, right, Kimmy? Mm-hmm. Of uh, yeah, he was born on June fourteenth in nineteen oh nine. Can you tell me when he passed away?
5: Mm. Um
0: what year? Not the exact date. Nineteen
5: ninety? Nineteen
0: ninety five, at the age of eighty five. And he did a ton of movies. I I don't have you seen his film work before? Are you familiar with his Mm. film work? No, Uh, not really. Yeah, he did a lot, just some highlights, so dear to my heart, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, and as well as The Big Country, for which he won an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor. And then in 1964, he played the genie in the movie The Brass Bottle with Tony Randall and Barbara Eden. Hmm. And some believe, and it's more than just an assumption, that led to a certain TV show mm. with Barbara Eden. Can you name that TV show? I Dream of Jeannie. Have you ever seen the Brass Bottle? No, I haven't. Uh, it's one I, I recommend checking out just to, for a different types of roles that Burl Eyes had done. Now, it was also in 1964 that he did something that he's immortalized. I know you know it's a CBS program that he did, presentation of a stop. Motion Animation Family Special. Can you tell me the name of that special?
5: Absolutely. Rudolph the
0: Red-Nosed Reindeer. That's correct. Now, he voiced what character, Kimmy? He was the um, cute little puffy snowman. Now, the snowman had a name. Can you do that? Can you tell me what that snowman, what his name was? Mm. Remember, he had a banjo. Mm-hmm. And he was also the narrator of the story. Mm-hmm. Can you do it? I can't. Sam. Oh. Okay. Sam the snowman. Okay. And two songs became very big hits from that special. Can you tell me those two songs?
5: Have a Holly Jolly Christmas.
0: That's right. And Silver and Gold. <laughs> very good. I think you you've seen that from a few I've times. I've seen it
5: a couple times. And
0: just a few, right? Oh, yeah. Just a few. And I do believe we have that on uh, DVD. Yes, and, we do. And matter of fact, we even have that on. I think VHS. I love that one. Yeah, I, I, and we even have the beanies, mm-hmm. some, somewhere in storage or something somewhere. Yes, but we do. Yes, we do. We do have those. Now, he. What's surprising to many is he was a lifelong supporter of the Boy Scouts of America. Matter of fact, at a Boy Scout jamboree that I went to, and I wish I could find the audio of this. There's some somebody way back when, actually, the Boy Scout organization themselves recorded uh, the event. And they recorded an interview with him, and also he narrated a movie, a short movie about the event. I have never seen it. I can't find it, hmm. and I can't find the audio. And I can't. I've never seen the 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 film that was uh, done that he that he narrated. I would love now. I've seen some uh, at the time Super Eight films, just a couple that were shot by scouts who were you know young at the time, like oh, well, have been more like 12 13 14 years old and uh, you know those didn't last over the course of time uh, just but uh, there were some moments I did see where they weren't goofing around shooting just themselves eating breakfast or something where I actually said you know I know where they were i remember being exactly at that location well burl Ives actually performed at that at that jamboree mm. he he did like the grand finale and it was interesting I had forgotten till I saw there was a um, article that was done in the boy scout magazine called boys life. And they did like a recap. I had forgotten that Bruce Jenner was there. Hmm. He was one of the special guests. And this was right after he had won or had been part of the Olympics. So he was a big time, you know, personality at that time. But Burrow Ives did perform. He performed a lot. And you know, you would think the kids at this time who were talking about star Wars, cause star Wars dominated the jamboree talk with kids. Cause you know, star Wars was huge. You would think maybe they would not dig this guy, but they did. They loved him, hmm. and he was welcomed. And uh, it is the one. It's one of the things that really stands out in my mind for that entire performance. Was was that? And I wish I could find that part because I think it'd be really cool to uh, to share. And something that you I think will find of interest. Do you realize he's from your home state? Mm-mm. Matter of fact, he's from the area. Were you one of the places one of the colleges you went to? Oh, yes, no. <laughs> From 1927 to 1929, Burl attended Eastern Illinois State Teachers College. Oh wow, Now known as Eastern Illinois University in Charleston, Illinois. And that's where he played football. And during his junior year he was sitting in English class listening to a lecture on Beowulf. That's when he suddenly realized he was wasting his time sitting in class <laughs> listening to a lecture on Beowulf. He walked out the door. The professor made a snide remark to him, and he slammed the door behind him. Now, why this is kind of and you, I think we'll find this of interest. About 60 years later, the school named a building after him. Hmm. So it's kind of bizarre. Mm-hmm. Now, wasn't there some other uh, famous people that went to that college that got my thinking of the, the the one you attended the the I two, thought, didn't the, didn't, uh, the two, didn't the two brothers the uh, Van Dykes yeah yeah i thought the two brothers and didn't they uh, get maybe bounced I've, I've heard that um yeah I've, I've i've heard rumor of that okay so that that's kind of bizarre mm-hmm. uh, so there's a little you know tie to you and and him and then hmm. me and him in a way mm-hmm. i thought we'd go back in time right now to the golden age of radio because he besides doing film He actually was, a, I mean, very big in the world of radio before going to film and was a household name and was on so many different programs. There's so many things I could choose from as a uh, highlight of this, this great individual, this positive life force, and also highlight the golden age of radio, when radio was. What we've chosen here is to go back to May 12th, 1949 with something that was incredibly hot on radio, and it was about to become hot in movies, and that is Martin and Lewis. They had their own radio program. They were big in the nightclub circuit and became uh, discovered that way and went right to radio, and they were skyrocketing, and they had Burl Ives as a guest, and I thought we'd go back in time to the golden age of radio and and go there because I think this would be a great way to maybe, you know, escape for a little while. Don't you agree, Kimmy? Mm -hmm. Let's go back to... A simpler time in ways. To May 12th, 1949, here's Burl Ives on the Martin and Lewis Show.
3: Well, Jerry and Dean are all excited because today they're going to record a new song for Capitol Records. We find them home in their apartment talking it over while they eat breakfast.
6: Gee, Dean, I'm all excited about making another record for Capitol, aren't you?
3: Sure,
7: Jerry.
6: Remember the fun we had making our first one? The Money song and that certain party? Yeah, those were good
7: songs, too. I wonder what song they've picked out for us to record this time.
6: Well, don't worry about it now, Dean. Eat your breakfast.
7: Uh, say, Jerry. Yeah, Dean? I want to compliment you on your cooking. This is the best coffee you ever made.
6: You really like that coffee?
7: No, I sure do.
6: That's funny. It's molasses for the pancakes. <laughs>
7: Hey, speaking of pancakes, uh, where are they?
6: I was going to tell you about the pancakes, Dean. I wanted them to raise up nice and fluffy, so I added some yeast.
7: Oh, yeast? Well, how much did you add?
6: Well, the cakes are very small. I only threw in two dozen.
7: (laughs) Two dozen yeast? And what happened?
6: You may not believe this, Dean, but our kitchen is now 27 feet high.
7: (laughs) Oh, there you go again. You're exaggerating it. Now, stop kidding around I'm going to look through this mail.
6: You're really proud of me, huh, Dean?
7: I already complimented you, Jerry.
6: I know, but, gee, it's the first breakfast I ever cooked. Honest, Dean, what did you actually think of it?
7: Well, Jerry, a true friend would answer that in, in one or two ways. If he likes it, he'd say so, and if he didn't like it, he'd change the subject. Well? So how's the family.
6: <laughs> Look here, Dean Martin, I'm sick of your insinuations. That's all I get around here, and to think that I've given you the best years of my life. Oh, Jerry. It's you! I spent the best years of my life bending over a hot stove. Every day a hot stove, hot stove, hot stove. And, Dean, well, would you buy me an asbestos apron? <laughs> I'm ruining my Hickok belt buckle.
7: Well, we'll see about that.
6: Have some toast, Dean? I just took it out of the toaster.
7: Jerry, look at all the burnt black edges on the
6: toast. Scrape it off first. Okay, I'll scrape it. <laughs> Now for the other side Well, we better hurry, Jerry We record at 11 o'clock And we still have to find out what song we're going to sing I'm almost ready, Dean I hope we can sing a good fast tune Everybody likes a good fast tune Well,
7: according to our contract We have to sing whatever they pick out And I I sure hope they remember that uh, my voice is classified as a baritone
6: I wonder what I'm classified as
7: Well, offhand, I'd say you were a necessary evil
6: Necessary evil How can you say that When all week I've been practicing Pear-shaped tones
7: And just how Have you been getting Pear-shaped tones
6: Every morning I stick The Dick Tracy comic strip In my mouth and swallow it (laughs) Every morning I stick The comic strip in my mouth And swallow I wish I was dead
7: Jerry we gotta see Mr. Allen At 11 o'clock To talk about our next recording We better hurry and uh, You know get away Come in who is it
8: it's me.
6: Hiya, Florence. Come in. Shall I make you
8: some toast? No, thank you. My doctor told me not to eat any more carbon. <laughs>
7: well, uh, you look kind of upset, Florence. Anything
8: wrong? Well, I'm not complaining or anything, but I've been working for you for six weeks now, and I think it's about time you paid me my salary. But, Florence, we've given you a check
6: each week. You've been paid in full right up to date.
8: Check. <laughs>
7: That's right, Florence. You've been paid. It's just that instead of money, we give you a check.
8: That's what I say. I want my money. (laughs) Florence, can't you understand? You
6: take the check to the bank, and the men will cash it for you after you write your name across the back of it.
8: Well, why should I write my name across the back of it? My name's already on the front. (laughs) Florence McMichael, $35.
7: It's a bank rule, Florence. It's a state law.
8: Oh, you're just saying that. I bet anything the man wants me to write my name on it so he can ask me for a date.
6: Florence, the man isn't asking you for a date. And even if he was, he knows who you are from the front of the check. You know, Florence McMichael, $35. That's it. He's after my
8: money. All
6: right, Florence, have it your way. Don't sign your name on the check.
8: Oh, I wouldn't want to do anything illegal I'd be in a fine fix if a man called the cops and they threw me into the hose gal
6: Hose gal? (laughs) Florence, it isn't hose gal, it's half-brow
7: You know, Florence, it's not right for you to be running around loose
8: Dean's right, Florence. Have you ever thought of getting married? Married? Yeah Well, I don't think a girl ought to rush into these things What church shall I meet you at?
6: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can see it all now. Florence is married. A little ivy-covered cottage with a patter of tiny feet upstairs.
8: Tiny feet? You mean?
6: Sure. And if you've been reading the papers lately, it might even be quadruplets.
8: Uh, Just what I've always wanted. Five kids.
7: Florence, you can stay here and file our papers in the mail Jerry and I have to go see about the recording today
8: Oh, you're going to make a record?
7: Well, yes, we are We've been trying to think of songs to do Have you heard that new one that goes When you caught me near the chicken coop, Nelly I knew you'd egg me on
6: No There's another one I like It's called Don't Go Near the Hayloft, Mother Pop's in there pitching with the maid
8: Music I like is folk music. I heard one last night on the radio. A
7: folk tune? But what was it?
8: Well, it was called It was Apple Fritter Time, South of Alabama, and after working on the railroad, I courted Sarah Lou My Lady Fair, atop old Smoky while eating Jimmy Crack corn and drinking out of the little brown jug, as the whispering green grass in the cool waters told my own true love would never fail me until I Dr. <laughs>
7: you know, that that's a terrible song title. Who sang it?
8: Dick Haynes.
7: Well, for his kind of voice, it's not too bad.
6: Say, Dean, are you really jealous of Dick Haynes? Well,
7: of course not. What makes you say that?
6: Well, you're always mailing him laryngitis germs.
7: Jerry, that's silly. It's absolutely impossible to send laryngitis through the mails. I inquired.
8: real favorite is a song I heard on the radio the other night. I heard Burl Ives sing it. It's called Two Black Eyes and a Broken Nose. That's the Curse of a Peeping Tom.
6: <laughs> Sounds like a beat-up song to me.
7: Oh, quiet you do. Come on, Jerry. We better go down to the recording studio. See you later, Florence.
6: What song do you think we should sing when we make our next record?
7: Oh, I don't know. We ought to try to get something different.
6: <laughs> that's what I say, something different. Something that shows my voice off, too. Well, I don't like to say
7: anything, Jerry, but it's my voice that should uh, predominate on our records. Oh. What's the matter?
6: Nothing. Nothing at all. If I'm in your way, I'll step aside. Oh, Jerry. Ah!
1: That's all <laughs> right.
6: I know what I'm not wanted. Go ahead. Go your own way. Turn me out into the cold. Homeless, friendless, no money, no place to go, nobody wants me. Two forlorn figures tramping the streets.
7: Two forlorn figures?
6: Yeah. Me and Mayor Haig. <laughs> <laughs> ah, but don't worry, Dean. I won't stand in your way. What do you care if I'm hungry? A dried up bag of bones, walking aimlessly around in the rain, soaked through to the skin. Cold and wet and clammy and. Shivering and cold And, Dean What? You got a hot water bottle?
7: (laughs) Ah, Jerry, now straighten up We're almost there And remember when we go in Letting me do the talking Okay, you do the talking I wouldn't insist on it But you're so soft
4: I can't
6: help it, Dean I've always been soft When I was a baby The talcum powder used to bruise me
7: (laughs) Well, here we are Let's go in
6: Hey, Dean, look at the glass partitions.
7: Yeah, and those fellas inside them are disc jockeys playing recordings.
6: Disc jockeys? Let's open this door and listen.
3: And here's another Bing Crosby record, White Christmas. And here's When the Blue of the Night Meets the Gold of the Day. And here's Toralura Laura.
9: Well, who was that?
6: Sinatra, Breaking Crosby Records. <laughs> here's where we go in, Dean.
2: Hi, Miss Allen. Oh, oh, hello, boys, boys. Glad to see you. Sit down. Oh, uh, by the way, before I forget it, some woman's been hanging around the halls all morning. She wants to see you.
10: Wants to see me?
2: Yes. Uh, she's starting a new fan club or something. Well, every little bit helps.
6: Now, have you got a song picked out for us, Miss Allen?
2: Well, I've been giving it a lot of thought. Now, you boys were pretty good on uh, the money song, and you were even better on that certain party. But this time, we got to do something new, something different.
7: Something different? Well, what's the matter with the way we sing now?
2: Nothing, nothing, but you got to progress. you got to give them something different all the time, something new.
7: Oh, you mean something like uh, classical? Mm, classical? I don't know.
6: What do we know about classical music, Dean? The other night, we were listening to Toscanini, and we could hardly understand it.
7: Well, of course we couldn't. You were making so much noise eating dinner, I couldn't tell if it was Tuscanini or veal scallopini. Well, now, maybe uh, classical isn't what we want, either. Well, uh, you know, I'm Italian. Maybe I could sing something operatic, you know. Ridi Pagliacci. Uh, You know, something like that. How was that? Uh, Well, uh, it's
2: okay, but Ezio Pinza has been doing that for years, and what did it get him? What would you say? I say uh, Ezio Pinza has been doing that for years, and what did it get him?
7: Mary Martin, and
2: that's good enough for me. <laughs> boys, boys, opera is out. After all, we want something popular.
6: I know something different. Do a foreign song like Jean Sablon does. You know, he sings, May I kiss your hand, Madame. You dainty fingertips, je le passe de tulle, de pattement d'acolde. Je le pète bleu, pattement de, de passe that's friends.
2: No, no, boys, you haven't hit it yet. Say, I just happen to think. you know who's one of our, you know who's one of our biggest record sellers? Burl Ives. Yeah, but he sings the folk songs. Well, what's wrong with that? Maybe that's the different thing I'm after for you guys. But we don't know anything about that
6: kind of singing.
2: Well, you can sure find out. Burl Ives is recording today. Go down the hall, listen to him, and come back and tell me what you think.
7: Okay, you're the boss. See you later. You know, he may be right, Jerry. Maybe we should sing folk tunes. You know, after all, Florence likes them, too.
6: Gee, Dean, I like the way you sing now. Yeah, but maybe it's time I changed my style. Change your style? Oh, Dean, when I think of those voice lessons you had, those weeks of training, and all those months of listening to Perry Como records...
7: You know, the more I think about it, the more I think Mr. Allen is right. Oh,
1: there you are, Mr. Mark. <laughs> you know, I knew you'd be here today, and I waited all morning to say hello. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> <You> know,
4: <laughs> well oh. uh, uh hello. <laughs> oh.
1: Comes out wearing a sweater <laughs> Say lady If you don't mind we Oh I suppose I should introduce myself I'm Laura Taproot I'm president Of the new Dean Martin fan club But Mrs. Taproot Dean already has Three or four fan clubs now Yes I know But our club is novel We only take older members From 50 years up <laughs> You mean all the girls In this fan club Are 50 years old Yes we used to adore H.V. Caltonborn, but we switched over to Dean Martin. We got tired of having things explained. From now on, we're going to try to figure them out for ourselves.
7: Yeah, but uh, when did all this happen?
1: Oh, you should be quite thrilled. You won out over so many, many others. You see, Vic Damone gets the girls from 16 to 20. Sinatra gets them from 20 to 30. Crosby gets them from 30 to 50. <laughs> well, there we were, ready and willing. <laughs> With uh, no one to swoon over. Oh, please, Mr. Martin, you, you don't think we girls of that age are being silly, do you?
7: <laughs> no, no. You certainly have a right to have your fling.
1: Yes, that's what I told the club. Let's have our fling before we're all flung out. <laughs> Say, lady. Yes?
6: Are you for real?
1: (laughs) You know, we listen faithfully to your program, Mr. Martin. And when you sing to us, well, the first night, Mrs. Crabtree dropped three stitches. And when you sang your second song, the knitting stayed where it was and Mrs. Crabtree dropped...
7: Well, all I can say is that I'm very flattered. I don't know quite what to say. This fan club of yours sounds like it's a very nice group of women.
1: Oh, yes. We're mostly widows. Some of us are graying a little. (laughs) But I always say the young men of today are making a big mistake in not considering older women in their plans. Uh,
7: But uh, really, I don't think many men would agree with you there, Mrs. Tabrat Roots. I I mean, uh, nobody would... Prefer, say, uh, nobody would uh, prefer Marjorie Maine if they could get Ava Gardner.
1: I would, but I'm only 23 years old. What do (laughs) I know? Say, young man, are you really only 23 years old?
6: That's right.
1: (laughs) Would you mind if I chucked you under the chin? Go ahead. Oh, my... I've been on the main course so long, I'd forgotten what an hors d'oeuvre looked like. (laughs) Well, I'm afraid I've taken up too much of your time, but before I go, I wonder if I could ask a favor. Well, go
7: right ahead, ma'am. Well,
1: we girls have a favorite song, and we were wondering if you'd sing it for us. It's an old one called Come Where My Love Lies. Dreaming? Of course we are! (laughs) Who cares?
7: I'd be glad to sing a song you want, Mrs. Taproot. Oh!
1: You and goodbye, young man. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. I'm all agog with excitement. <laughs> Tomorrow I throw away my Dr. Shoals foot pads and start flying. Goodbye. Goodbye. Dean, <laughs> are you really going to sing that song she
6: asked for?
7: Sure, Jerry, but first we've got to go down to the hall and listen to Burr Lives. Somehow I just can't see myself singing a folk tune.
6: Me either. But Mr. Allen is a smart man. Maybe he knows what he's talking about, you know can't hurt us to listen to Burl Ice. When is three four?
3: Where do you... When is dollars in United States savings bonds? Yes, sir. Every three dollars in savings bonds are worth four when they mature. Every three hundred dollars brings you four hundred. Yes, and every $3,000 in savings bonds return you $4,000 in ten short years. That's the kind of wonderful interest you get from your Uncle Sam when you save your money in savings bonds. Worthwhile, huh? And you can even save in savings bonds through an easy automatic plan, the payroll savings plan where you work. It's a plan for setting something aside in savings bonds out of your pay envelope each and every payday. Your company cashier will tell you all about it. If you're not on a payroll, you're your own boss. There's an equally convenient bond-a-month plan where you bank. Remember how your money grows and grows in savings bonds. Also, think of the opportunities money can help you take advantage of in the future, like buy your own business or home or the children a college education. So, save all the savings bonds you can now while you're earning.
7: Well, this is the recording studio, Jay.
6: Mr. We want to talk to Burl Ives Quiet, Mr.
2: Ives is about to record
6: Okay, I'm
10: sorry
7: Shh, Jerry. let's
9: listen
10: Great-grandfather Met great-grandmother When she was a shy young miss And great-grandfather Won great-grandmother With words more or less like this Lavender blue Dilly-dilly Lavender green If I were king, dilly, dilly, I'd need a queen Who told me so, dilly, dilly, who told me so I told myself, dilly, dilly, I told me so If your dilly, dilly heart feels a dilly, dilly way And if you answer yes In a pretty little church on a dilly, dilly day You'll be wed in a dilly-dilly dress of lavender blue, dilly-dilly lavender green. Then I'll be king, dilly-dilly, and you'll be my queen.
7: Well, that was wonderful, Mr. Ives Why, thank you Uh, I don't think we've met Well, my name is Dean Martin Well, well, uh, how do you do? And this is my
10: partner Well, well Howdy Doody
6: (laughs) Hey, Mr. Ives I'm Jerry Lewis And I don't look like Howdy Doody Howdy Doody's a television puppet With a silly wooden head And no expression on its face And clumsy hands And feet and... Dean What? Pull up my strings I'm ad-libbing too much
7: (laughs) Jerry's my partner, Mr. Ives. He's a great kid and a great comedian. (laughs) Mr. Ives, Jerry and I wanted to ask your advice about something.
6: Yeah, Mr. Ives, we admire you. Last year I read your book, Wayfaring Stranger, cover to cover, and I loved it.
10: Oh, thank you, Jerry.
6: Oh, that's nothing. Next year I'm going to read the pages between.
7: (laughs) When we came in the studio just now, Mr. Ives, you were singing Lavender Blue, but uh, I thought you always sang Western songs. I like his Western tunes, don't you, Jerry? Well,
10: I
9: admire it powerful much, partner. And I'm an authority on Western music. Uh, you're an authority on Western music? Sure. Because I've lived in the West and I loves it. Ardner, I want to tell all the folks that when I puts my Stetson and slides my Levi's into the riding leather on a bucking Bronco to round up a herd of doggies, well, there's sure going to be rustlers on the stage tonight down by the old corral.
6: Look how they're staring at me. <laughs>
10: Has Jerry ever been in the West at all, Dean? Well,
7: about a year ago, we played a date at the Flamingo Hotel in Las Vegas. Flamingo Hotel? That sounds
10: like a dude ranch to me.
9: Dude ranch? Why, pardon, it's really a dude ranch. All the horses have Tony (laughs) Coldwaves. Ah, come on, Jerry. Dude ranch? Why, I didn't call my horse Old Paint. I called him Old Lipstick. (laughs) Old, Old Lipstick? That's right. You heard of the flying red horse? Yeah. Well, Old Lipstick didn't fly. He just skipped along. Jerry. You asked me it was a dude ranch, eh, partner? Why, when I dried old lipstick wheel hard, he didn't perspire. He broke out in taboo. <laughs> Jerry.
10: Jerry, Jerry, what's all this got to do with, with your being an authority on Western music?
6: Well, I am. And I really appreciate the way you can play that guitar, Mr. Ives. I appreciate it especially because me, I play the guitar like crazy. The professional?
10: Nah. How come?
6: Who wants to hire a crazy guitar player?
10: Ah, <laughs> oh, come
6: on, stop it, Jerry. We came in here to ask Mr. Ives about singing folk songs. I know we did, Dean, but first I want him to hear something new. This music is so new, it doesn't have a name yet. ooh oo coo bop blee loo bee bee ooh boo ooh da ba doo boo boo oo ku coo Jerry. boo ah la ba Jerry! Well, what do you think, Mr. Ives?
10: Jerry, tell me one thing. Are you for real?
6: <laughs> you know something? I'm not for sure. I was singing.
4: <laughs>
6: <laughs> I was singing "Bop." Bop.
10: I thought you swallowed an Alka-Seltzer sideways.
7: <laughs> Jerry, if you'll keep quiet for just two minutes, I'll tell Mr. Ives why we came in to see him. You see, Capitol Records wants us to record
10: another number, and uh, we were wondering if we might try a folk tune for our next recording. A folk tune, eh? Mm -hmm. Well, I've never heard you sing, Dean, but I'm told that you've got a very fine baritone voice and that you sing a nice ballad.
6: Oh, he does. Go ahead. Uh Dean, sing sing a few notes for Mr. Ives.
7: Well, okay. Uh, Here's the number I'm singing on the show this week. I don't see me
5: In your eyes anymore Oh, why can't I make them shine as before? I don't see you or your heart in your kiss when you should sigh. That your mind you resist There was a time Life was fine Love was ecstasy But now I doubt What the outcome will be I pray you'll say I'm the one you adore Then I'll see me In your eyes as before
6: That was beautiful, Dean. I mean, that was beautiful, Dean. Wasn't it, Mr. Ryan? Oh, yes,
10: it sounded very good, Dean. Well, thanks. <laughs> but do you think I can sing folk songs? That's a hard question. It's all a question, you know, of your background. If you were brought up in the country like I was, well, you'd sing folk songs as easy as uh, falling out of bed. Yeah, but I've been singing popular songs all my life. Well, that's the best racket, Dean. Sing uh, popular songs. Uh, That gets the girls. There's no point in singing folk songs like me. Why? Uh, What do you get with
6: folk songs? Folks? Folks. (laughs) I don't see anything wrong with folks. I've got a wonderful set.
10: (laughs) Well, you boys don't realize how lucky you are. You got started in show business fast with an agent and... good places instead of the backwoods like i did you started in the backwoods i was so far back that for the first two years my agent was daniel boone (laughs) you see you can't really know about a folk song like the foggy foggy do unless you're born in the the country
6: i was born in newark and they understand about foggy foggy do only there they call it jersey lightning
10: (laughs) just what i said see you don't understand folk music now, uh, uh, how can you sing a song like, well, Jimmy Crack Corn and I Don't Care if you don't know what it means?
6: Oh, I know. Jimmy Crack Corn and I Don't Care. That's about a comedian named Jimmy cracking corny jokes and I don't care if he is laying in there. <laughs>
10: Gee, Burley, it it must have been pretty rugged for you growing up in the back country that way. No, I had fun when I was a kid. I spent my whole boyhood working, gathering eggs. We always had plenty of milk and real vegetables, fresh fruit everywhere.
6: Gee, what a funny place to grow up in a delicatessen. (laughs) Well, I don't think I'd have minded being born in the country, Burrow. Me neither. (laughs)
9: Oh, give me a home where the buffalo roam and the deer and the cantaloupe play.
10: (laughs) The deer and the cantaloupe play?
7: Yeah, he's back in the delicatessen again. (laughs) You know something, Jerry? Burl Ives has got nothing to worry about. Say, Burl. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, (laughs) <laughs> yes, <Dean. laughs> Uh We want to thank you For being with us today And uh, we enjoyed Hearing you sing Your sensational tune Lavender Blue Well, thank you very much
10: It's a great pleasure we, Yeah Thank we you enjoyed very the much It's okay, fellas Well, that's all right Well, <laughs> uh, we enjoyed The wonderful work Thank you very work. much It's all yeah, right Yeah, we What's enjoyed like Thank you, so. right. we'll you,
4: right. you. Yeah, Thank Thank you
3: The Martin and Lewis Show, transcribed in New York, is produced by Robert L. Redd and written by Dick McKnight, Ray Allen, Roger Price, and Sid Resney. This is Bob Warren suggesting you tune in to your NBC station next Sunday evening at this same hour for The Martin and Lewis Show.
10: Find archive podcasts of The Riley and Kimmy Show at rileyandkimmy.com.
0: 18 plus.